Broadcasting live from the center of the universe, it's business school without the BS. Featuring optometrist-turned-entrepreneur, Dr. Robert Zellner, with USSBA Entrepreneur of the Year, Clay Clark. It is the five-time show, let your boo begin, where we drop knowledge bombs for you in Portland. Teach the proven systems to make your ends, so you can produce the greenery like all the Oregon. Sue will call you Franklin, cause you got Benjamins. We'll call you Ben Pearl, cause you just bought a Benz. And then you'll be bragging to your wife and kids that your wallet's overweight, but it used to be thin. Thumbs away, this is play broadcasting with the Zen, with the focus locked in like San Quentin. Can I get a B to the O, O to the M? You've heard the rumors, he is I, and I is him. He be the Z, and I be the C. Now it's teaching business skills from play to Z. We both grew up poor, but we're poor no more. The goal of this show is to help you score. All right, Thrive Nation, welcome back to the conversation. It is the Thrive Time Show on your radio. And today we are we're breaking down the New York Times bestselling book, Capital Gains by Chip Gaines. Have you, have you ever watched, Chip, have you ever watched the show Fixer Upper? Yeah, of course. I'm, uh, I've been married for 10 years. Nice, nice. Now, now, <laughs> now we, we have Roy on the show today with RC Auto Specialist there. If you have a Ford automobile and you need to have that thing repaired, uh, great company. Also, the garage where you guys do. How would you describe what the garage does there, Roy? The garage does general auto repair. We also do accessories, so we can lift your truck and put big giant tires on them and things like that. Trick it out for you. Are right, do you and your wife Joe the Thrill? Do you ever watch the Fixer Upper? Have you ever seen the Fixer Upper with Chip and Joanna? I have seen it one time. Okay, now just to kind of uh, give the Thrivers an idea of who you are, because on today's show we're talking about the Chip Gaines story and how uh, he and his wife Joanna really built the the big Magnolia company that people know today in Waco, Texas. We're going to get into it in the next couple shows and break it down, but I want to bring a real entrepreneur, real entrepreneurs onto the show to kind of give it some tapestry, to give it some texture. So uh, we, so many entrepreneurs reach out to us and say, gosh, how do I get started? You know, how, how do I start a business? And uh, Chip Gaines... Gaines explains um, in a very almost unnervingly candid way in his book all the mistakes he made. And he did it because he wanted people to learn from it. So I want to ask you, uh, how long have you been self-employed and what was kind of your your path to becoming self-employed? Well, I was a technician at a Ford dealership for 23 years straight and then started on my own. And didn't know anything except how to fix a car didn't know anything about running a business so it doesn't have to be perfect there's a couple things that um i think carried me through that process of not knowing anything what number one was you just don't quit you cannot quit so let's do this chip i want to put this on the show notes because i want to kind of track some things here you said you were were you worked as a mechanic for 23 years yes so how old were you when you started as a mechanic Man, I started before I could even legally drive the cars, but professionally, I started at 19. So 19. Now, just so the Thrivers understand this, I'm 37, and I've been basically self-employed for 21 years. So I, there's, um, it's amazing how fast time flies by. But how old were you when you started your own business at that point? I was 47. 47. And what made you make the jump? I mean, did you hit your head on the toilet seat? Did you have a vision? Did your wife say, you should start your own business? I mean, what, what happened? I actually had always increased my whole life, and the last three years I plateaued. So I knew the next check mark down was less. And I said, I'm not going to go backwards, and that's up to me. So that gave me the courage to go, I need to change something because I'm, I'm, I worked hard, uh, 100% commission, did well, but I'm not getting any stronger. So I wanted to, 
something that was relying on my brain that was getting stronger, not my brawn that was not. And so that helped me make that jump. Now, Chip Gaines, just to give the listeners a backstory, he played baseball at Baylor University in, in, in Waco, Texas, where my dad grew up. And uh, he was actually a very good, but not good enough to play professionally. So he decided, you know what, I'm going to go mow lawns. So he started a landscaping company. And the company did fairly well, and this is where it got kind of weird, Chip. He is dating a girl named Joanna. And uh, he says, Joanna, I've decided I want to move to Mexico for the summer to learn Spanish because I feel like that'd be essential for me. I'm in the home building industry, remodeling. I think if I could learn to speak Spanish, I could communicate better with my team. A little immersion. Right. So we thought, all, and it seems like a good idea. He says, right. here's the deal. Could you manage my companies while I'm gone? <laughs> There's the catch. So on page 25, you know, because she didn't realize the chaos that he was dealing with on a daily basis. So on page 25 of his book, again, Capital Gains by Chip Gaines, he writes, what I didn't know, of course, was that back in Texas, my master plan was starting to unravel with Joanna. For me, collecting rent checks from less than responsible college students had become second nature. He was a landlord, also a landscaper. But I had not prepared Joanna for the amount of begging and pleading that the process required. Although her talent for bookkeeping was unmatched, I had sorely underprepared her for the events that were about to unfold. When the rent, che when the rent, rent checks didn't come in, my subcontractor's checks started bouncing. Vendors started calling. And one by one, my subs started tracking Joe down at her dad's tire shop. It quickly became clear to Joanna when my parents had been a bit opposed to my going to Mexico in the first place. They understood the amount of juggling it took for me to run my businesses, and they knew Joanna wasn't prepared as my girlfriend to handle all these alignments in my absence without months of preparation. On top of that, she was finally coming to understand the inner workings of my businesses weren't all they were cracked up to be. I hadn't been fooling her per se. She just never would have guessed that not being able to collect and deposit one month's worth of, worth of rent would have caused this much chaos. It had never crossed her mind that I had no backup, no reserve, nada. That's Spanish for nothing. The money I had taken with me to Mexico was all the money I had in the world. Not surprising, Joanna's father was furious. Back then, while we were dating, I referred to Joe's dad as Mr. Stevens. Though he's Jerry's to me, Though he's Jerry to me now, this story will uh, still scares me so much that I'd like to revert to calling him Mr. Stevens for the remainder of this chapter. For as long as I had known him, Mr. Stevens had been questioning whether I had a legitimate job. Now here were all <laughs> these people standing in the lobby of his tire shop demanding the money I owed them. They were making a scene at his place of business, and Joanna was mortified. To say that Mr. Stevens had an impeccable business reputation in town was an understatement, and here I was compromising that. Thank God this saint of a woman is quick to her feet. She realized exactly what was going on and called my dad in a hurry. Joe actually described this his wife, Joanna, uh, his girlfriend at the time. Joanna actually describes this as the first time she really got to connect with my parents, even though the whole connection was basically the three of them realizing that I was delusional. Joe drove to Dallas to have dinner with my mom and dad and to work the whole thing out on my behalf. They were able to access my bank account and temporarily lend me the money to pay my hardworking crew until I got home to collect the missing rent. I'm really, I'm really playing it cool here and glossing over some of the emotions that were, basically they were all mad. I had deeply, deeply disappointed all of them, and I had mostly disrespected, uh, and, and all of the people that I respected most. Joanna, my parents, her parents, I'd really screwed this up. So th the point is, he's running a company, and for him it's normal to be chasing people around for checks 
He's he's uh, used to the dysfunction. Right. It's his normal. <laughs> That's his normal. Right. I think a lot of people say, you know, Roy, I would love to start a company. I mean, I see RC Auto Specialists. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of our listeners, will, you know, say, "Gosh, I have a Ford. I took my car in the other, the other day to get it repaired. You guys did a great job. I've been to the garage and broken arrow. I mean, this is resonating with a lot of people." What was the what was if you can remember what was the first thing that happened to you or one of the first things that happened to you once you started the business where you thought I was not prepared for this the part where you thought man this was was it managing people was it was it collecting money I mean what was the hardest part where it, it, it's a bigger issue than you thought it would just be about you know it was a little bit harder than you thought it might 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 be well I was a mechanic trying to run a business that was a problem and so the transition from businessman running a business to mechanic running a business took about three years and it almost imploded on me thank god i knew enough to get some help with that what was the hardest part was it was it managing people was it doing sales is it collections or all of it i mean what was the part where you go gosh that's been the hardest part for me dealing with the people um dealing with the public coming in and their their perceptions and hey that's too high and so I, I really, I told uh, one of the managers that I, I used to work with, I said, I need to go back to every service advisor that I ever worked with and apologize to them <laughs> because I thought their job was very easy. All you got to do is pick up the phone and call somebody. Right. Uh, it was not easy. And so that was the hardest part to transition through uh, at the beginning. You know, today um, we were looking at your numbers kind of year over year, and I've had the, the uh, pleasure of working with you since it was cold outside. I think maybe uh, November, December, something like that. And uh, uh, your friend and my friend uh, Aaron Antis had kind of connected us together. Could you kind of explain maybe some things that you've learned in the last six months we've worked together or some things that were big needle movers for you? Yeah, thanks to Aaron. Um, I was stuck. Uh, I was in a spot I didn't know how to get out of. And then um, through my coaching with, with Thrive Time, um, golly, numbers, 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 measure, measure, measure. I have never been a numbers guy, but the answers were there. And to start seeing what was working by measuring was a huge uh, move for me. And then, uh, of course, the marketing, I, I had to have people in there. But as far as me working on the business, making myself collect those numbers every week and measuring was a huge jump for me. You know, for me, um, my wife and I, before before my wife helped out with accounting, I, I, I ran the DJ business. And I can say, honestly, I'm. it's easier for me to be consistent than not. So my natural default, it's easier for me to look at the numbers than to not. But like today, this is an example. My wife said, hey, we have date night tonight and we might not be able to go because this other event is going on. You know, there's something with a kid's event and they would like to do this instead. Could we not do date night tonight? And could we do this instead? Or, 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 or I guess the question was, would, would you prefer to do date night or this, but that's something my wife's asking me. You know, would you prefer to do date night or this? Because this other new event has been introduced into the, the, the into the calendar. For me, my natural default is to just do the same thing. So honestly, I get anxiety with the idea of not doing a date night because there's like a momentum to do it, and that's what we do every Wednesday. And so the numbers have always been easier for me. The part that's been hard for me, Chuck, and you've probably seen that, is managing people. Because yeah. I don't understand most people. And you know, Chep, I almost have a universal interest in everything that people are not interested in. 
Right? Yeah, true. Very true. Pinion wood, rap lyrics, whatever. <laughs> I mean, seriously, though, I mean, and people will say, what you, would you do this weekend? And I'm always just reading books. I, I and wrote I like, a book, and I read two, and wrote three songs. <laughs> that's what I like to do. Right. That's what I'm into, though. Whilst maybe starting a fire inside my house. Controlled. <laughs> completely controlled. That did happen. But <laughs> the point is, the point is, though, is that, like, I have a harder time with the people. Somebody else there might have a harder time with numbers. And every, but I think you're a, you're a people guy, right? I mean, Roy, you're, I mean, I've heard that you have spoken at churches before, and I hear you're just a gifted communicator. And you seem, I mean, is the people part easier for you, or is the number numbers part the hardest, or what's the hardest for you? With my first shop, I was just very fortunate to have great people that didn't require management. Oh, with this new one, it's 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 been different. So that has been difficult, and I assumed. The second one would be just like the first one, and that was not it. But I did learn a whole lot the, the first three years of this second one. Absolutely. You know, you know, Chuck, when we come back from the break, I want to talk specifically about finding people that don't require a lot of emotional management. Because what you just said, you said, thankfully, the first shop, I had a lot of great people, and therefore it was easier. And I want you, all the listeners to know, all my businesses are fairly easy to run now because we have really good people and the people that are difficult to work with man they make everything impossible but Chip, before we before we before we come back and talk about managing people would you be okay if Chip, are you all right if i talk about my good friends at classic janitorial i prefer if you would do that well let me tell you a story i saw him today by the way good dudes well today he walked in the the the, the, the founder of classic janitorial walked into our office i said how you doing then i walked to my left i go into the bathroom because i felt like i needed to go there and I won't That's describe, a feeling we get sometimes. And I won't describe what I, what I did there, but I can tell you this. <laughs> I, I, was, I thought to myself, am I in a bathroom or am, I, or am I in a porcelain palace? I mean, I know that the guys who do the bathroom cleaning for us have worked with DuPont, with, with, with Google, with Newstar. Total and Concepts. Total and Concepts. Dr. But Chuck, Chuck, tell them about the classic clean and what they're doing to our bathrooms. Well, they are making them so clean you might want to drink out of the urinals. You probably oh, shouldn't, but they are deliciously clean. They are, you can get a hold of them at theclassicclean.com, theclassicclean.com. 918-671-2046. Again, that's 918-671-2046. TheClassicClean.com. Three, two, one, boom. You are now entering the dojo of Mojo and the Thrive Time Show. Thrive Time Show on the microphone. What is this? Top of the iTunes charts in the category of business. Drilling down on business topics like we are a dentist. Providing you with mentorship like you are an apprentice. And we go so fast that you might get motion sickness. Grab a pen and pad to the lab. Let's get in this. It's time to bear some fruit like some Florida oranges. Three, two, one. Here come the business ninjas. Sonic boom. All right, Thrive Nation, welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio and podcast download. And uh, for anybody out there who uh, is not familiar with our podcast, uh, Chubb, we've been doing this for probably two and a half getting closer to three years yep yep right and uh, uh, uh my background my name is clay clark i'm the former u.s sba entrepreneur of the year uh started my first uh, business out of my parents basement at the age of 16 i've been self-employed for 21 years and what i like to do is to invite people onto the show who've actually fought the fight are fighting the fight who actually are living the 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 dream quote unquote but they've actually lived through the nightmare 
You see, and, and we're going to break down a book today uh, by Chip Gaines, uh, Chip Gaines from the, the Fixer Upper Show fame from Waco, Texas. We're breaking down his book, but he talks about this in his book, how like this dream to start a business can quickly become a nightmare. You can quickly become a nightmare, especially if you have the wrong people on the team. But there's so many things that can go wrong when you're running a business. And uh, so he talks here on page a t- a 31 of his book. He says, my intentions in going Mexico to learn Spanish were sincerely ad- admirable. But to be honest, I was also excited about taking a few months off at the beach. I cared about my businesses and my big time and my crew big time, but I was still acting like a child, like a kid. And they deserve better than that. For the first time while driving that truck home with Shiner by my side, that's his dog, and while feeling the sheer humiliation of being found out, I began to sense the gravity of what it takes to run a business, to glimpse what the life of an, what the life of an entrepreneur actually requires. And it dawned on me that up until then, I'd been pretending. An owner of a young business, or in my case, three businesses, simply can't be on a beach 2,000 miles away. It became very clear to me that I had to grow up and become the leader these businesses needed. Or I thought maybe it was time for me to cash out and to sell them. Just count the whole thing as a learning experience. So, Roy, I want to ask you this because Chip's explaining that he has a business. He grew these three companies. He starts dating a girl by the name of Joanna. And he says, hey, well, I'm going to go to Mexico to learn to speak Spanish. I'll be gone for you know three weeks. I'll come back. She says, great, because he wanted to learn how to communicate with his team, right. many of which who spoke Spanish because they're home remodelers. And the business imploded while he was gone. It collapsed while he was gone. There was so much more. He was barely making payroll. He was overwhelmed. There were no systems. Nothing was written down. There were no processes. The whole thing was in his head. So I always tell people, I say, if, you're, if you got abducted by an alien for one week, your business should not be impacted negatively if, you, if, you're, if you're doing it right because all the systems should be in place. If you've been abducted by an alien, you disappear for a week, you come back, your business should not implode. And, and Chip explains he was gone for like three days and the whole thing fell apart So because he had nothing documented, no processes, no system. And so I want to ask you this, Roy, because over the last uh, – how long have you been self-employed now? Because you were a mechanic for how many years before starting your company? I had 23 years tenure at the dealer I worked at here. 23 years. Yeah. So when you decide, listen, I, I love maintaining vehicles. I'm good at it. Every year I'm making a raise. I'm going to make the jump. I'm going to start my own business. After 23 years in the trenches, talk to me about some of the systems or processes that you look back now and say, gosh, I wish I would have known that day one. Well, I was at uh, what I call the micromanager, the business is eating me stage. I literally walk in and not know where to start. And, uh, and I could feel the pressure uh, causing me health problems. And this, uh, this guy called me, and, and, and I said, is this a sales call because I don't have time? He said, give me 30 seconds. Well, he was mm. um, a, a guy that worked on shops and helped, you know, he, and, he, and he said, uh, give me 30 seconds. He asked me a few questions, and he described my life. And he said, now, if you don't fix this two years from now, this is what your life looks like. So he's the one that taught me to, to implement some processes in mm. my business and helped a lot. What were some of the pro? Can you think of maybe one process or a couple processes that you were taught from this gentleman that allowed you to to grow? 
Well, first of all, uh, I paid him a lot of money, and so that caused me to actually implement them. That was a key. Okay. And um, nonverbal communication through the shop with, with the ticket flow was a huge thing because we were screaming across the shop, I need this, and then a phone would ring, two customers come in. For the third time, I didn't get him as parts. So we implemented nonverbal processes okay. that didn't fall through the cracks. So that helped a whole bunch. So nonverbal processes. So, so you're saying that just having things written down and documented really helped. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to say this for anybody out there listening. You're going, well, I can't believe he didn't have documented processes. Let me tell you this. I actually built DJ Connection to a place where we were doing 25 weddings a weekend. 25, okay? That would be like 1,000 a year. And I drove all the way down to Houston, Roy. I drove all the way down to Houston for a wedding with my wife. A big wedding. Huge wedding. I was, I was asked. They said, You're de- you are such a phenomenal DJ. We would like to hire you for my daughter's wedding. We live in Houston. This is at the Summit Club in Tulsa. They invite me to drive down there. It's a massive wedding. I said, well, our standard rate is $750, boom, boom. They go, we'll pay three times. Excuse me? We'll pay three times, plus we'll put you up in the nicest hotel. You're the best DJ. We're, 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 this is the date. We're, we're looking at getting have the wedding on this day or that day. Whatever you'll charge, just what, whatever day you're available, we'll choose. So I'm like, okay. And I got to that level as skill-wise, probably how you were as a mechanic. I could just knock it out. I drive down to Dallas. And I'll down to Houston. I'll never forget this. We're setting up the gear, and I go, uh, Vanessa, my wife. My, my, my wife always would come with me. And I'm like, Hey, babe, um, where's the amplifier? And she goes, I thought you packed the amplifier. And I said, No, I, I I don't have. She goes, You don't have the amplifier. The thing needed to make the speakers be heard by the people. You don't have it. I said, Oh man, but we got there early. We always got to weddings about three hours early, and it took me about an hour to set up. So we drive through Houston traffic. We go to Guitar Center. I buy I buy that amplifier. I come back, get it all set up. She says, babe, where's your microphone? Because I used to use the 1955. It's hung up there in the studio. The 1955 chrome-plated Elvis mic. That's, oh, that's the mic right, right there. Oh. That's right. You did. And I said, uh, uh, you didn't pack the mic? She goes, are you kidding me? So she drives through the shoulders now in traffic. <laughs> Just shoo, gets a guitar center, comes back. And I wish that happened like one time, but it was like every show. It's too and much then eventually, to my Uncle Clint, I'm talking to my Uncle Clint, and Clint says, Clay, how many weddings a weekend do you do? I said, oh, man, peak season 15, slow season 6. We're rocking. We're the largest company in Oklahoma for entertainment. And he says, uh, why can't you grow like 10 times larger? And I said, it's not possible. It's like it's so complicated. It takes me two years to train a DJ. And he says, you need to build a checklist for everything, a process for everything. And I fought him so hard on it. Then I go downstairs because it's, it's Thanksgiving. you know. So I go downstairs and I'm like, Vanessa, your uncle's up there beating me over the head about systems and checklists. What the crap does he know? And she says, honey, he's built several multi-million dollar companies, and he really doesn't work at all. It's all like turnkey, you know, like he... You might want to like, listen. <laughs> I'll go back upstairs. So I go back upstairs. When we come back, I'm going to tell you the kind of things that Clint taught me and the kind of things I wish I would have known and the kind of things that, that Chip Gaines talks about in his book, Capital Gains. Because if you want to own a business, there's so much more than just being able to deliver the product or the service. Now, Chip, there's one company, though, we work with that delivers the service, and, and they deliver the product. That's it's right. Onyx Imaging. Chip, tell us about Onyx Imaging, well, they're my gonna, man. They're going to help you be more efficient in your business, like oh. Clay was talking about. Create a process. They do office supply, ink uh, cartridges, printer supply, printer service, uh, one-stop business shop, anything you need to keep your office up and running. They're actually going to offer you a free printer copier for new clients that come in at a certain level. So get a hold of these guys at onyximaging.com, onyximaging.com, 918-627-6611, 918-627-6611. 
Attend the world's best business workshop led by America's number one business coach for free by subscribing on iTunes and leaving us an objective review. Claim your tickets by emailing us proof that you did it and your contact information to info at thrivetimeshow.com. Thrive Nation, welcome back to The Conversation. It is the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark. I am the former U.S. SBA Entrepreneur of the Year, the father of five incredible humans. And today we're breaking down the words of wisdom from Capital Gains, the New York Times bestselling book by Chip Gains. And we have Roy with RC Auto Specialists on the show today. We have Steve with Total Ending Concepts on the show. And we have Lawrence, the incredible Lawrence. Uh, he's actually a former Division II basketball player who is uh, shadowing today, who we somehow have sequestered and brought into the, the studio here. So on page 38 of Chip Gaines's book, Capital Gains, he writes, I get that a lot of couples couldn't work together. It's not for everyone. People just figure they'd wring their spouse's neck or something. And if we were to choose to zero in on, our, on all of our differences, Joe, that's his wife, and I could easily drive each other crazy too. But when you recognize what lane you should be operating in and you stay there, the implicated dangers of working together start to, fail, start to fall away. It's when you merge lanes and start telling each other what to do that this whole lifestyle we've chosen can start to get complicated so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna start with my take here because i i don't want to get anybody in trouble and if you guys don't want to weigh in on this it's, it's totally fine but my wife and i we've worked together since i was uh 18 years old i started dj connection out of my dorm room and uh my wife would come with me to the shows help me set up you know and i paid her like nothing i mean i said like nothing i mean actually i did not pay her at all um and uh that was a great deal for me because i didn't have to pay somebody and she always showed up on time and we had a lot of fun or at least i thought she did you know and she helped me out. And then she helped me out with my accounting. And then we had five kids. And uh, turns out, I mean, I did my part, but she birthed the babies. And then she's got that mother uh, instinct to take care of the kids and to always be there for the kids. And she's faithfully done that accounting. And what I have found for me is we have these two circles. I talk about it on a lot of the shows. We have two circles. Okay, you got It's called the Vesica Pisces. And I'll put this up on the big screen so, Steve, you can look at this. Okay, so, Steve, you'll be able to just see the Vesica Pisces here. So this is the, the Vesica Pisces. I'll pull up on the screen right here. You got the two circles up there. Roy, I'm putting on the screen behind you, okay, the two circles there. So you got two circles on the, on the, the left circle. there. The circle. You got the circle. The two circle. No corner, corner. Two circle. No corner, so corner. On the, the circle on the left would be like, let's say, me. The circle on the right would be my, my, my wife. In the middle of the circle, no corner, corner, that would be the Vesica Pisces, the intersection of the two circles. And I, I just have found that for us, as long as we stay in that intersection, which for us is accounting, that's, that's a safe circle. Yeah. Date nights are a safe circle. Budgeting, that's a safe circle. We, we're, it's great. I can't go in, though... Marketing's my world. Sales is my world. Yeah. Building systems, that's my world. Vision, starting a company, uh, that's my world. My wife's circle is I fire the people. My wife likes to fire the people. <laughs> no, seriously, though, my wife, though, she has no issue with firing, firing people at all because she doesn't really know who they are. Yeah, she's like, uh, hi, I I'm Vanessa. Nice to meet you. And it's not You're working fired. out. <laughs> right. No, no, but, but, but no, because my wife isn't in the trenches with them every day. But you see that, Steve. Yeah. Do you not see that my wife is pretty, I mean, she can be intensive. She's a sweet lady, but you, you do not see the intensity. 
Yeah, it's just, you know, everybody has that person they know that you're like, oh, she is so sweet. Don't so ever cross sweet. her. That's exactly. Yeah, don't ever cross her. But we work together, and it's a great relationship. 18 years together. I'm just telling you, you want to get yourself in trouble. You want to get crazy in my office. You just want to see it. What you do is you disrespect her. Because, one, I will attack you. But if I don't see it happen, I mean, it, it is just, it is like, whoa. I mean, you almost want to look away like, oh, and it's like, a, without hitting, it's like a mental she'll just look at you with those eyes of integrity. And she's like, did you steal something from our office? And grown men are like, oh, no, no. And a, <laughs> but she doesn't have to hit them. And she just looks at them. Steve, have you seen yeah. that? Oh, yeah. It's the Clay, I'll say, Clay, we need to do X, Y, Z. He goes, get that cleared by the boss. Right. And then we're totally in. I'm like, right. Vanessa, would it be okay? But we've worked together for a long time. And I'm just telling you, we are literally a 50-50 team. And that's not, that's not for everybody. That's not, that's not the system that everybody should do. That's just what we do. But Chip talks about in the book, as long as they stay in the, in, in their lanes and their, and their, and their circles all as well. And the intersections where they work together. Roy, you and your wife, Jill, the thrill, you know, you guys work together. I'm sure, I'm sure Jill does some things in your business. What, 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 what role does Jill play in the company? What role do you play in the business? Is she, is she the, the leader? Does she go down there and tell you do this, do that? Boom, boom, boom. Is she the salesperson? Is she behind the scenes? What, what role does Jill, the thrill play? Jill is my recharge zone. Um, she is a huge part of my success, but not directly in the business. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so we, me and Annie work together great. Our personalities are similar. That's your daughter. Exactly. Okay. And so we did great. Jill and I in the office setting. When it's, it's not, busy, a, not, not a flow. No, not at all. Not at all. But she's your recharge zone. Absolutely. 31 years, uh, I'd be dead or worse if it wasn't for her, and I mean that literally. So so your wife, it's like you guys have a great relationship, but you know that working together in the office is not the move. Exactly. Now, what is your role in your business? I mean, are you what, what, what all do you do there at, let's say, RC Auto Specialists or at the garage in Broken Hill? He does the oil changes. You, That's you, what I... Let me tell you does this. He, does he not do the? Let, let me tell you this. Let me tell you, this, Steve. If you if you attack our guests again with, <laughs> no, but does it? Well, but to, to, to tell because you you you've done everything. I mean, you've obviously changed oils. You've you've maintained vehicles. But don't don't let Steve pigeonhole you into <laughs> just, that. You only hey, change oils. I'm, I'm Oil. being jovial and funny here, Steve. I don't think that Roy changes oil still. I I believe that was a personal. Probably attack. have. Okay, so Roy, what all do you do there? Man, I'll do anything. I, I'm not nothing's below me. I I enjoy working. Um, and uh, you guys are helping me not be the, the fireman running around trying to solve every problem. So it, it is a stretch for me to stay up and work on my business, not in my business. So that is a, a discipline that I am in the middle of developing. But no, I'll do anything, help diagnose cars. I'll do a rotate. I'll help with alignment. Uh, if they got a problem they can't fix. I'll be in the middle of it helping with that. And, uh, and running around like a chicken the head cut off. Yes. I think one thing you do for your business that I've watched you do, and it's, it's an honor to, to, to work with you in our coaching program, but one thing I've seen you do is you set the tone um, by being fearless. And you might not think of that, but you're creating jobs for a lot of people. And you had to at some point face the fear. And we come back from that. I want to get, the ta- we get your take on just how you faced the fear. Because a lot of people want to start a company, but they're so afraid. And then once you start, it's almost like it's not so much that I'm ambitious or fearless. I can't stop. 
And so I want exactly. you to talk about that. That fearlessness meets the, uh, we're, we're, you know, how much is how much of it is is being scared? How much of it's being fearless? I just want to get because you, you really do set the, the you're, you're the pace setter for your company. And we come back. I want to I want to get your take on that. But Steve, before we before we go to the break, I want to, Steve. Can I tell you what I want to talk about? Oh yeah, I'm ready. I want to talk about accounting. Oh, I love. Do you know I, why I want to talk thing. about accounting? Do you know why I want to talk about accounting? No, because nobody wants to talk I about know, accounting. I don't want to talk about right, and so we have it's a proud. We have a proud show sponsor, and somebody might say, "Yes, the only reason that you guys are talking about them is because they're paying you." That's right. That's exactly. That's right. exactly why we're talking about them, and we do endorse them. It's Hood oh, CPAs. Don't tell me it's CPAs. Hood oh. CPAs. Someone might be saying, "Yes, who is that again?" That is a nice name. Who is that? It's Hood CPAs. That's Paul Hood with Hood CPAs. If you if you if you need a proactive account to look at your books, to help you minimize your taxes, to make sure that you're doing things properly so you don't get in trouble with the IRS, call our good friend Paul Hood with Hood CPAs. He has a show on Saturdays here on Talk Radio 1170. He's a, a client of ours. He's a friend of mine. That's Paul Hood with Hood CPAs. And if you schedule your, your consultation today, he's going to give you one free copy of Warren Buffett's only authorized biography, a book by the name of Snowball. That's hoodcpas.com. Stay tuned. Want to attend the legendary Thrive Time Show Business Workshop for free? Subscribe on iTunes, leave an objective review, and send us confirmation at info at thrivetimeshow.com to claim your tickets. Want to live in a van down by the river? Come by and see us at our Riverwalk offices and we'll be able to make your dreams come true. Welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. For those of you just tuning in, we're breaking down the words of wisdom that are written in the book Capital Gains, the New York Times bestselling book Capital Gains by Chip Gaines. And I, I, I don't know if anybody out there has watched the show Fixer Upper before, if you're into that. Um, my wife and I, you know, we have five kids. It's one of those few shows that we can watch that watches a family that uh, uh, we don't feel bad about. And I want to pull it up on the big screen so the, all the, uh, the, the, all the guys in the box can see this because I know they're probably not. Oh, my gosh. They, they have 4,685 4, reviews. Wow. Right. And if you click on their the images on Google Map, you can see what they did is they bought. They started off doing the show, The Fixer Upper. They, they've been flipping houses for like 15 years together, remodeling, that kind of thing. They get a call, um, and they ended up turning their show into a – it was a top – uh, reality TV show out there. And they ended up uh, becoming very profitable. They took that revenue and they bought these abandoned silos in downtown Waco. And they've built this, um, it's almost like a Disneyland. It's like Hobby Lobby meets Disneyland. And uh, their business has done really, really well. Now they have a line of products you can buy in a lot of major retail stores. Um, you could, They have a real estate company. They're just doing great. But my wife and I went there. It's like Hobby Lobby on steroids. And uh, it's all knickknacks and home goods and that kind of thing. But Chip Gaines is the the husband. Uh, he's married to Joanna Gaines, and they star on the show Fixer Upper together. They recently have decided to stop doing the show and uh, to focus on growing their companies, and they have over 450 employees now that work Jeez. with them. And so on page 61 of Chip's book, Capital Gains, he writes, Life has never been particularly scary to me. Between Joe and me, that's his wife, we've learned a lot of lessons the hard way. Riding out the turbulence, even living through a few... Nosedives has allowed us to see that fear isn't part of how we're living, 
how we're willing to live our lives. We've experienced some of what people deem as the worst possible scenarios together. And we've come out on the other side. For as long as we've been married, Joe and I have had the habit of trying, of, of just trying things out and hoping for the best because we're not afraid to fail. Fear has lost its power over us. So I'd like to get your take on that, Roy. Fear. When you decided to start RC Auto Specialists, or start the garage, let's say, because you had been in business working for somebody for 23 years, is that right? Uh, correct, yes. So 23 years. What was going through your mind the day you opened your business? Well, there was such an adrenaline rush that, hey, I actually did it, I'm open, and cars started coming, so I really didn't have a lot of time to think about it. Which business did you open up first? RC. Okay. Auto and so you opened that up and cars started coming in right away? Right. The hardest part was the, the decision to do it. That's the no man's land where you're fighting fear off and when you're trying to uh, get faith in you to do it. And then finally, I just said, you know what? It's not fatal. If I fail, I'm going to go for it and go for it. And so uh, it's kind of a, a reckless personality that I've always had anyway. And that kind of helped me with that. If you think too much, uh, you'll think yourself out of it. I would just say this for anybody out there. Whenever I make a decision, I'll just give you an example. Um, I decided to start Thrive. Well, what the what the heck is Thrive? Basically, I have been um, coaching clients personally for twelve years. And this was like uh, this be you know seven years ago. Um, I thought I can only coach a certain number of clients. And I'd like to find a way to coach more people because people would come to me all the time saying, hey, my buddy's business is blowing up. Could you help me? Well, Eric Chuff, we'll have him on in the next segment. This guy, like, I didn't know Eric, but I knew I needed to find people like Eric who could teach business owners the systems because I, 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 would, I, I personally worked with 15 clients. All of them grew. All of them. I mean, we we're looking at your numbers this this year, Roy. Have you guys not grown significantly this year? Oh, absolutely, yes. I mean, Platinum Pest that we talked to them, um, they were as, as a percentage. Could you say you're growing more than ten percent? Oh, absolutely, yes. Probably closer to twenty. Yeah. Yeah, and then we met with Platinum Pest. They're growing three hundred percent, and wow. like every client grows, it's it's harder to grow an existing company like yours. It's a certain size, but like Tip Top Canine is like double, tripled, three. You know, uh, uh, full package went from no business. It's hard, as a percentage, it's kind of crazy. We go from no business to $110,000 a month of revenue and making $40,000, $50,000 a month of profit in, in you know two years. So it's like score basketball. Uh, uh, Lawrence, you know score basketball. Yes, sir. How, 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 how did you first hear about score basketball, Lawrence? I uh, had a couple friends who had dealt with it, who have been through. So you played basketball on the college level. Where, where did you play college yes, basketball sir. at? I uh, played two and a half years at the University of Arkansas at Fort Smith, and then another three and a half at Missouri Southern State up in Joplin, Missouri. And I know this is probably the weirdest shadow day of all time, but when you were shadowing today and you came in to thrive uh -huh. and you had never uh, been there before, what was going through your mind when you walked in the door? Were you what was what, what can you kind of describe visually what you saw and what was going through your mind? And these mics are very sensitive, so you have to kind of eat that microphone. Okay. Yeah. Um, we'll say, I mean, eclectic first, uh, which is right up my alley. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, you know, I, I'm a I think I have I'm a little allergic to the white walls in the typical office space. Amen. 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 Oh yeah. So everything in there, uh, you know, from Michael Jackson rolling at seven in the morning, it was just. Uh, felt right at home, you know what I'm saying? So um, just really the whole uh, atmosphere, the 
mismatched desks, chairs that don't belong, uh, everything. Everything has a story, by the way. Right. So yeah, yeah, and so yeah. And, and that's also uh, another key point that uh, attracted me is that you know while you can put a lot of things together, random things, uh, there's a different detail when somebody takes their time and there's actually meaning behind it. Um, so I was very quickly able to, you know, tell that everything from the 48 Laws of Power. Yeah, you know, there you go. Uh, That's on the walls, walls in here. Yeah. yeah and, Someone and took I, their time writing quotes all over the entire building. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, that uh, that just always uh, means more. And I can you can actually I think you can take more when people give you instructions and stuff like that. Cause well, as an example, I interviewed a guy today. We just did an interview with a guy who is uh, not a Donald Trump supporter. Right. OK, so let's just be let's get it out there. Some people like Trump. Some people don't. But fear is where you avoid the conversation. And we had a very sincere conversation, and it doesn't mean that I hate him or like him more or less because of his political views. But fear is where you you don't sincerely engage in subjects. You don't go for it. You don't start the business. You don't have the conversation. And, Steve, I can just say you are probably one of the most fearless people I've ever met. And what I want to do during this show is I want to try to uh, give you a healthy dose of fear. Oh, go oh, yeah. Because awesome. you actually recently went on a what, an exotic car tour across the country. Yeah. How fast were you driving on this trip? Average speeds or top? Top speed. Well, I did uh, hit 202 somewhere in Kansas. Are you being serious? Yeah. Got it on video. See, that's where you went. Video or it didn't happen. <laughs> what, no, <laughs> now, what, what vehicle were you driving? Were you, or were you not driving when you went 202? I was in my dad's uh, Lamborghini Huracan. So true story, though. That Europe guy probably needs a little fear in your life. Just <laughs> right. a little bit. Yeah. Or I'd but be you, dead. but I, but I'll say this: you do have a fearlessness to you with your mortgage company that has allowed you to sell. I mean, how many mortgages do you think you've closed throughout your career, my friend? Um. Well, we added this up one day, and it's thousands. If, if anybody, if, let's just say that one of us in this room right now was looking to get a mortgage, but we had already talked to somebody. If I said, Steve, yeah, you said Clay, I hear you're looking to get a mortgage, and you go, yeah, and, and I said, hey, but I've already talked to somebody. What would you say? How would your fearless mindset process? If I had told you I already talked to somebody. Uh, why? Uh, because, you know, I just, we, I knew somebody through work. Got it. Well, whatever they're doing, I'm sure they're great and um, she'll do a great job. I'm just better. So when you're ready, if you want me to look at what they're offering, I'll just beat it. It'll be easy and we'll close it fast. <laughs> but that's what he does all the time. You're just fearless. I think a lot of you are so afraid of having that conversation why are you not afraid of it because we, i think a little bit of fear is healthy i mean you shouldn't probably drive 202 miles an hour i mean it's not a, this is not the format for me to give you life tips but if it were the format i would say things like you probably shouldn't drive 202 miles an hour but because it's not that show i'm not going to say that well you know if they didn't want you to drive that fast they would make cars that go that fast that's what i say so. hey real quick when you were on your trip there whose car whose cars were your, were your, is your cars faster than some cars yeah like paul hudson mclaren so Is Paul Hood, one of our show to? sponsors. Well, yeah. no, I was just asking. I mean, was your car faster than any, any other cars? Uh, I'll tell you this. My car's faster than Paul's McLaren when Paul's driving it. And it, it gives me a run for my money when James is driving it, because he's our other friend that drove Paul's McLaren. And it it is somewhat the driver, because there are cars that will do something. Because they don't the want right to die. Right. Unbelievable. Yeah. Now, if yeah. you don't want to die, if you don't be eaten alive by mosquitoes, you don't want to be a t stung by bees, right? If you, if you don't want to have a snake 
by your lake, like that anaconda just gets up on you and eats you. If you don't want to be engulfed by insects and snakes, you want to call Platinum Pest and Lawn. Platinum Pest and Lawn. These guys, these guys will absolutely come out to your property, remove all the bugs, remove all the insects. They're great clients, great show sponsors, wonderful people. Jared and Jennifer, give them a call today or visit them online at platinum-pestcontrol.com. Platinum-pestcontrol.com. That's 918-376-0857. 918-376-0857. Give them a call today. That's platinum-pestcontrol.com. Three, two, one, boom. You are now entering the dojo of Mojo and the Thrive Time Show. Thrive Time Show on the microphone. What is this? Top of the iTunes charts in the category of business. Drilling down on business topics like we are a dentist. Providing you with mentorship like you are an apprentice. And we go so fast that you might get motion sickness. Grab a pen and pad to the lab. Let's get in this. It's time to bear some fruit like some Florida oranges. Three, two, one. Here come the business ninjas. Sonic boom. Thrive Nation, welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark, Clay Tiberius Clark. I'm the founder of the Thrive Time Show. I am the father of five human kids. I have taken my ACT three times. I took algebra three times. I have no uh, pigmentation at all. I'm the palest <laughs> male in the world, and uh, that's impressive. Wow, thanks for sharing. What we're, we're doing today is we're breaking down capital gains. Chip Gaines' New York Times bestselling book, which is a great book. I like the book because... They've had a lot of success, but the guy talks about the things that didn't go well en route to the success. I love when people are honest. I can't stand it when you have these speakers that get up there at these chamber events, yeah. these local events. They say, well, the key to success is what you want to do is you, you want to focus on value, adding value to the marketplace, and you want to do a SWOT analysis, and you're going, whoa, 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 professor, 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 have you ever left the campus, and these are, well, no, I just teach marketing here at the university of who gives a crap. And you're like, okay, well, when you leave the campus, if you ever do, then you can become a professor because you'd be a pro. But right now you're a professor. Now, Chup, you studied uh, business at Oklahoma State University, right? Did you not? That is correct. And you went out there and then ran your own company, right? That is correct. And so tell me, uh, what kind of things did you learn in college that you used in your business? There's got to be a lot of it. Absolutely nothing. Two oh, business degrees. Two oh, business degrees, two, marketing and so management. Tell me some of the things you did learn, though, Chuck. Um, what time all the beer specials in Stillwater on the main street were. <laughs> no, seriously, though. I mean, college the, is just such yeah, a waste of time it, it really for is. the majority of people. It really is. All it, I had to oh, do uh, was oh. show up. Literally had a, advice from my older cousin who had made it through college. He said, hey, man, just show up. And that's literally so, all you have to do. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you something right now. They don't teach in college. I want to put it on the show notes so everyone can verify that what I'm saying is correct. But first, I'm going to put it up on the big screen, Chuck, so everyone can get this. Because in the book... Capital Gains, Chip Gaines talks about this, and when he does, it's like kind of unsettling, but it's true. He talks about being repeatedly robbed and how he was so naive as a new business owner. Yeah, yeah. So let's pull this up here. 85% of employees lie on resumes. That's a fact. Now, this is why I don't ever read a resume until someone shadows me. I have never read a resume until someone shadows me. Chup, have you ever seen me read a resume? I haven't. In fact, Roy and I were talking about this uh, in between segments. Mm. I thought whenever I made it to the group interview, the response I got from Marshall thinking, oh, he read my resume. He really <laughs> wants to talk to right. me. Because huh? yeah. people Turns out, nope. <laughs> 
had a young lady today. I think her name is Cheyenne or something. I think it's Cheyenne. She uh, came to the office today. I met her for about two minutes. Good aura, good energy. She shadowed Daisy today. Nice. I met her. You did you? Black dress? Nice lady. Yeah. So I, don't, so nice. I don't remember. Nice, okay. nice lady. But she's a great lady. And she, she, she shadowed today with Daisy. I met her for about two minutes. And uh, we sent her to Broken Arrow today to do a demo haircut. Cool. And the thing is, I don't care what her resume says. Oh, unless she can cut hair. Scoreboard. If she can cut, resume, if she can cut hair, then I'm going to check the resume. That's a win. She's got to right? be licensed. Got to do it. But 85% of employees, Chip, lie on resumes, according to Inc. Magazine. That's true. And if you're blocking out you know, one hour at a time to meet with all these people because you saw their resume, you're just wasting a bunch of your time. Now, this is the part that's worse. Assuming that you did hire somebody, 75% of employees, according to the CBS News... And U.S. Chamber report, 75% of employees steal oh. from the workplace. And, and so most go, do so repeatedly. Right, and, but no one teaches that. Yeah, they don't. So this is what Chip Gaines writes in his book here, Capital Gains. He says here on page 62, he writes, In college, my roommate, Riley, and I used to leave our front door unlocked all the time. We didn't live in a great area of town, but it just wasn't our style to give that much thought. I guess we believed we had more important things to worry ourselves with. We left for Thanksgiving break, and I think each of us thought that the other had locked up. We came back from that week out of town to find our apartment wiped clean. Oof. Everything was gone. Gone down to the Fruity Pebbles cereal in the pantry. Those dirty people. That's a low blow. We probably would have been a lot more upset about it if we had lost anything of sentimental value. But honestly, it was just a bunch of junk college kids seemed to acquire. We got some insurance money, and we bought all this cool stuff. We wanted a big TV, a tower full of CDs, a great surround system. Our place became a 20-year-old's paradise. He's flipping houses, okay? says, then we left for Christmas break. My roommate thought I locked the door out. Thought he did. And you guessed it. They cleaned us out again, and all that new stuff, less than a month old, was gone. It's kind of laughable now. You'd think we would have learned our lesson, but apparently not, because some years after that, my truck was stolen out of my driveway because I left the keys in the ignition. (laughs) So all I'm going to say is that was, I ran into that as a business owner, and I want to get Roy's take on this, but I I started DJ Connection, and so I did is I hired uh, guys in my dorm room at Oral Roberts University to DJ for me. Okay, and uh, uh, Ryan Tedder did a show for me. The guy is now a pop artist for you know, he writes songs for Beyonce and, and Adele and big names like that. Uh, he did a show for me. We've had all these guys have, on, on my college floor did, did shows for me. And I, I found that when you see how people work, you see their character. Right. So Ryan went out to the show and put on like a laser show. Lori, uh, he actually DJed for Lori Bunce. And I don't think Lori Bunce realized that a, that a future Grammy winner just did her party. But she tipped him, and he was so into it, and he rocked it. But the other guys would just jack up weddings. I mean, yeah. they would show up late, and a lot of them stole headphones. Because I bought nice headphones, those Pioneer headphones. Uh, Lawrence, you saw up there, those are nice ones. The ears flip around so you can DJ, you can beat match. And so it's awesome. So the, the, the DJs would just, my, my own DJs, my own friends, my own college roommates would steal my headphones. And then we had JBL speakers with nice subwoofers. They stole those things. Gone. And they'd always go, gosh, dude, somebody stole my speakers. Someone stole your speakers, man. I, I don't know what happened. Someone stole the speakers right out of the truck. And then you would see them like a week later in their dorm room with the exact speaker with the same scuff mark in the spot. So I started writing on the back of the speakers little things. Like it'd be on the bottom, so you couldn't see it. And then I would say, hey, those speakers, where'd you get those? And I looked. I'm like, you son of a... And that happened a lot. It will. That's what, yep. So at Oral Roberts University with 30-something guys on my floor. Um, and of all the guys that DJed for me, uh, I had probably 15 ORU students DJ for me. I think probably eight stole stuff from me. 
That's over of the 15 at Oral Roberts University. And so, and then I thought, gosh, that's probably weird. I probably just, I mean, it's a Christian school, but maybe I just have weird friends. Got the eight bad guys there. Right. Then I had my trailer stolen with like $25,000 of gear in it from an employee. And this guy, I called the police. We went to his house and the trailer was there. But because I couldn't prove the serial number of where I bought it, because I bought it from Amish people. I seriously, I bought I the trailer from <laughs> Amish people in Indiana. Okay, maybe not. They said they couldn't give me the equipment back until I could prove the serial number. So I finally got the serial number. They'd taken all the equipment out, and I got my trailer back. No equipment. True story. An, empl- an active employee. I've had, and I had another guy. He DJed for 106.9, a DJ. And he used to pass out his own personal cards at weddings and oh, tell people that I had drug addictions. Yeah, of course. He's like, hey, he's going through some drug, drug problems. I'd, if you want to book me direct, he's got a lot of drug issues. You know, he seems always hopped up. He's got some drug issues. Uh, but if you want to work with me, you know. I had a guy just last year uh, say that he and I were starting a business uh, as a way for him to fund missions. And so he started a haircut business that competed directly with ours and told our members that he was starting this company because he and I started a second brand to raise money just to missions, and all the money goes to missions. And he took about 25 members, and then some of my friends called me and told me. And people to this day, even though they know the whole situation, people who I thought were my friends, still go to his business because they said he was in a tough spot. So, I mean, I've been screwed and screwed. And I, call me Bob Vila because I've been screwed. So, Roy, when you, ran your, when you started your business... When was the first time that you just got taken advantage of? Was it from a customer? Was it from an employee? Was it from, when was the first time where you thought, man, is this how it goes? You know, actually, Clay, I had a great experience at my first business. Oh, I, nice. I, I have not had that person really? till my second one. Oh. And once I started oh. with you and you had me record conversations. Oh. So maybe I just never called You them never knew. And I trust everybody. You know? Oh, so, yeah, right. Uh, so I, I do that now, and I still get great people, and I keep saying that. Yes, I get great people. So let me, let me, let me, uh, I'm going to help all the listeners out there how I uh, emotionally process what happens and maybe this is helpful for somebody can i throw one more in? yeah go for it so stealing isn't just stealing as clay said it one thing that i found when i was running the concrete company was that you have key members of the team and we had equipment that had to go out and so they had credit cards buying things that are not company related on a company card that is not your card is also stealing and if you do not watch those receipts and those credit card statements you will get taken to the cleaners every single time sometimes literally taken to the gas station taken to best buy taken to whatever hey what's that new 47 inch tv on the green country concrete account (laughs) you know so that is stealing too so pay attention to the time the credit card statements all the equipment they're going to get their hands on it I would just say this. This is something I've had to learn, and I, I just I hope that this is um, this is something that can help you guys. Jesus Christ had twelve apostles. Twelve. Do you, do you disagree with this part? There was. Uh, let me carry the two. Twelve. That Roy, do you do do you agree with this? Yes. Okay. So Jesus had twelve, and then Peter directly denied the existence. He denied that he even knew Christ. Peter. That's one of the twelve. And then you had Judas who turned him in for some money. Right. So Jesus was, I, I mean, maybe people disagree, but I feel like he's an effective leader. I mean, people still talk about him today, right? Some people. I mean, right. do, you not, do you not see that, though? I mean, is, am, am, yes. I, am I getting right. that? So what happens is, is Jesus Christ himself was betrayed by two people, but yet he still died for the sins of other people. And I know that I would absolutely be burning in hell for eternity, this is my worldview, if I did not have the grace of God to, to forgive me. So what I do is I, I have this little phrase I put on the wall behind you, Roy. And now, there it is right there. You see it. It says, bury the hatchet, but make sure you remember 
but, but, but make sure you can find it again. You right. see that hatchet there? So bury the hatchet and make sure, but make sure you can find it again. Um, because I found that I'll say, you're fired, I forgive you, we move on, and I bury the hatchet. But I remember where I found it. You might need Where it. I put it. Because <laughs> what happens is a lot of times these people try to come back after you, again, so you bury the hatchet, but you want to make sure that you can find it again, because these people will try to come back, and I won't let it happen again. Right. And that's how I do it. But, Chuck, if you're not recording your calls right there and you're a business owner out there, tell tell us a good story, Chuck, recently. Tell us a fairy tale. Tell us a great story recently where a client of yours installed cameras, and what what happened? Yeah, so I work with a client, and she has some silent partners with the business, and they, they were kind of hesitant and pushing oh, back. Oh, you can't against, put cameras up. No. Yeah, it's not no, ethical. No. Is it really? Is it ethical? In the public yeah. port where the at customers public, are? Oh, Target uh, does it, but they're unethical. And so I mean, Target's finally, unethical. I mean, Walmart does it. I mean, my, guys, yes, all NBA, of those. NBA teams do it. Everybody. But it's, but it's unethical for you, I guess. Uh, yeah, you, know, uh, you right. know. And it doesn't match the culture, but here's no, what happened. Yeah. She decided, the culture you know what? is a culture of mystery. Right. And so she decided, you know what? You guys are silent partners. I'm doing this anyways. And she did it, and what she found out was that me. Immediately after she left, or the manager left, the employees stopped working immediately, stopped tending to the uh, customers that were in the store, and started talking trash about her right there in the job. Stings the nostrils. So I'm just going to say this right now. If you run a business, you have to, as an action item, install cameras and audio recording. Chep, what role, I mean, Roy, you came to one of our sales meetings. You saw that for the Elephant in the Room sales meeting. Uh, was it was it interesting for you to to watch me play the calls of people in front of the people? Sure, it was interesting. There's accountability there, but it's also a great way to train and uh, see whether whether or not getting the sale. But you saw like our entire meeting was based on recorded calls. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how we do our haircuts too. I mean, we that's how we do haircut training. It's based on videos. We watch videos of our people cutting hair, and we ask what could we do better. And if we didn't have that chop, it wouldn't be possible to get better. When we come back True. though. I want to get Lawrence's take on this because he played basketball at a high level. And I'm sure you guys watched game film. And I want to hear how you guys used game film to get better. Because I think if you if you don't watch yourself, there's just no way to improve. And one way to do it is to go get an x-ray of your spine. If you want to get better. To make sure your spine is in line. You need to go see Dr. Uh-huh. John Sibley. Oh, tell us about it. That's what you need to do. Oh, come on. Uh, check him out at drjohnsibley.com. Drjohnsibley.com. You're going to get a free chiropractic assessment, free x-ray, and a free first adjustment. How is it possible? If you mention the guys over at Thrive Time oh. Show, tell them Clay Clark sent you. Drjohnsibley.com. Right over there at 51st and Harvard. Super good guy. Uh, chiropractor for the great one, Wayne Gretzky. He was Wayne Gretzky's Wayne chiropractor. Gretzky. What's his website, Wayne. He's good What's enough his for website? Drjohnsibley.com. Oh. 918-749-5741 Attend the world's best business workshop led by America's number one business coach for free by subscribing on iTunes and leaving us an objective review. Claim your tickets by emailing us proof that you did it and your contact information to info at thrivetimeshow.com Thrive Nation, welcome back to The Conversation. It is the Thrive Time Show on your radio and podcast download. We're talking about today, we're breaking down today, uh, Chip Gaines' book called Capital Gains, the New York Times best-selling book. You could probably buy it on, uh, you buy it for sure on Amazon, you could buy it at Target, you could probably buy it at Barnes & Noble. It's I'll put a, a link book. on the show notes. It's about, it's a, uh, from the, the creators of the Fixer Upper show. And it's a, just a great, uh, great read, great book. And he talks about now they have 450 employees. They're doing great. The Magnolia Enterprise has taken off. They do real estate. They're kind of like a Hobby Lobby on steroids. They I didn't have know a lot they of had that many employees. 
employees. Right. That's awesome. <laughs> Dude, they ship products all over the world. They're I know. Huge. It's if, if you go to Waco, my wife and I've been to Waco just to see it. It's and pretty it's, impressive. It's a pretty, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. And all I would just say is that he wrote a book where he's very self-deprecating and he's telling you things he wishes he would have known. And I think that's where the, the real lessons are learned. And one of the things he talks about is that, you know, when you run a business, you're going to get taken advantage of. So you've got to be aware of it, but you can't become cynical. And so my action item I would encourage everybody to do out there is just install video cameras in your office. Do it. Target does it. Walmart does it. Best Buy does it. Apple does it. Everybody does it. you got to do it. Put cameras out there. Two. Two, record the calls. Get those going. Three, spot check it. The police do it. Here's the speed limit. You should drive this fast. Oh, I want to drive faster. Okay. Woo, woo. Spot check it. Here's a ticket. Because you got to hold people accountable to the system. If you don't, if you don't pull people over occasionally, no one's gonna, no one's gonna respect the speed limit. But you've got to use video. If you were to go to school to become an actor at the Carnegie Institute, you wanted to study acting, you wanted to study Broadway performance, you wanted to study how to become a voice actor, and an actress in ballet, you would be performing in front of a mirror because you need to get comfortable with what you look like and not just what you sound like, what you think you look like. And so uh, we have a, a gentleman on the show today, uh, Lawrence Ross uh, Jr. Now, Lawrence Ross, is he shadowing today? Might come work with us. Maybe he, does, maybe he doesn't. But he's a great guy. You're, you're six foot eight. You know it. You're great. Uh, you played Division II basketball. Where did you play basketball at? Missouri Southern. Missouri Southern. So talk to me about the role that recording the film, the game film, played in your development as a player. How, how did the coach use game film to help you guys develop on a personal level as a player? Well, I think game film, you know, uh, obviously everybody gets in the gym and puts up a lot of work by themselves, you know, so I think that part's easy for guys. I think sometimes, though, when you're in that team atmosphere, uh, you have to record it so you know what you look like in relation to everybody else. You know, sometimes we get uh, blindsided with our own perspective. For me, a, g a good example would be um, when I actually first transferred there. Uh, you know, as you get tired and you're playing a sport, you may think you're doing one thing and your body's actually doing something else. Mm. So, uh, you know, they say defensive stance. I don't know if, uh, how many guys yeah. know what I'm talking about, but getting yeah. down in that stance and you actually being at 90 degrees, you know, sitting Ready. down. Right. Uh that's good in like the first 10 minutes of the game you know as that starts going on though last 20 you start to slowly stand up you know if you will and so sometimes you can legitimately believe like I'm sitting down this is as far you know my legs feel like I'm in a seated position you put that thing on film and you go back and watch it and you start learning oh okay you know that that was uh I wasn't actually right as, as you thought you were down, doing something that's deep down in a stance sometimes it may be um, on a jump shot, guys think they're more open than they were. You know, a, a guy can be a whole lot closer. You know, that is exactly um – that, that's a good metaphor for sales training with people on calls. There's a lot of people that aren't nefarious. They just need to hear that I really did go off the script right there or, you know, I missed the end of that line. And when you coach them and you train them and you show them that they did that, when they're coachable, they can learn from it. And so people aren't always breaking rules on purpose and they need that, just like Lawrence was saying. Now, this Very is something so. about the book that Chip Gaines explains. This is why they decided to f stop filming the show is he wants to focus on running his companies. And people think, well, how could you not have time for a reality TV show? They just film me. It's like a half-hour show, whatever. Nope. <laughs> what he explains is that you have to do 25 takes of every scene. 
So it's like the same line 25 times. Shoot me. And he's like, you have to keep doing it, and then you have somebody who tells you what you should wear and where to stand and the lighting, and oh, let's, let's wait till it gets darker because the lighting will be better. And he, But the, the, you, they, they watch the footage, and they say, we should do it better. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. And But the one thing about Chip Gaines is that they were willing to go through the pain needed to get the gain, to, to receive the gain they wanted. And he writes here on his book, he says on page... Uh, 81 of his book, and Roy, you talked about this earlier. He says, nobody remembers if you crossed the finish line bruised and bloody. They just remember that you stayed the course. Don't get hung up on how ugly the race may have looked. In the end, all that matters is that you finish. Could you talk about finishing strong, Roy? Because you've worked very, very hard. In this book, Chip Gaines described they were financially struggling until he was 36. So they were not doing well until he was 36 years old. That's one year under me, but they just grinded the entire time. Can you talk about staying the course? Yeah, there's a there's a real key to success, and it's 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 simple. It's not easy. It's do not ever quit doing what you know to do. And uh, some of the books that you recommended uh, talks about going through the doubt and the fear and the and everything that looks like you're going the wrong direction, you're not going to make it. And then one day you break through, and I, I can't explain it, but you just got through this giant test that you were in the middle of. But if you quit in the middle of it, you retake it. So when I'm really not liking where I'm going, I'm saying I'm finishing this one because I'm not retaking this test. So in business, uh, sometimes it's just getting to the next day and the next week and the next month and things will start breaking loose. But you just got to give it time and don't quit. I think I think that the quitting part, Chup, is natural for people. And that's why nine out of 10 businesses fail. It's easy. So I'd like for you to brag on one of your clients that has not quit that has stayed the course, and is putting up huge wins yeah. as a result of, one, they've encountered the information. They've now been taught specifically the proven path. Right. You, great. We, we've, we've showed them that. But two, they've executed the system diligently. They didn't try something for a month and quit. They've been consistent. Talk about somebody, one of your clients, who's really dominating. I will talk about HealthWorks Chiropractic oh. and Dr. Jay Schroeder. Come on now. Uh, since we started working with the guy, it's probably been a year and a half or so, um, he had two clinics, and, and he was working with somebody and end up having to get rid of him. And so it's really struggling to keep both clinics at the optimal level. Implemented the group hiring system. We got his three-legged marketing stool going. We're tracking the numbers like crazy. And now we know exactly how much it costs to get a lead, how much it costs to turn him into a, a patient, and how long those typical patients last. So he's just like speeding towards his goals now. Now all we have to do is increase the amount we spend on advertising because it's an equation. This much in, this much out. It's a systemized business. Both locations are doing way, way better than they were. And he wasn't doing bad in the first first place but he's doing really really good right now and it's because of his diligence it's because he can stick to the course and get done with things and he doesn't quit you know Jeff, a lot of people will advertise on our show when they do they want to get more money uh, out and they put in yeah and in one of our, our show sponsors I, I care so much about these guys i've been practicing saying their name it's a difficult one but i think we got it so let me, let me give it a whirl uh, if you're out there wanting to expand your commercial building, your uh, you want to add on to your church, add on to your commercial real estate, you want to do an addition onto your building, you want you want to use a professional contracting company. That's why we recommend Williams Contracting. That's Williams. Clay, you did it again. It's Will. Williams, I, it's Will I Am's. Williams. Con- oh, sorry. Will I Am's right. contracting. Yep, yep. Will what, I Am's. What is their website? Jeff? Williams What's- Contracting. You can catch them at will-con.com, W-I-L-L-con.com, or call them at 918-682-5511. 918-682-5511. 
Attend the world's best business workshop led by America's number one business coach for free by subscribing on iTunes and leaving us an objective review. Claim your tickets by emailing us proof that you did it and your contact information to info at thrivetimeshow.com. Greetings, Thrive Nation. Welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark. I am a man bear pig. I'm the former U.S. SBA Entrepreneur of the Year. I'm the father of five kids. I'm afraid of heights, uh, speed, um, water, bees, traveling, snakes, bees, snakes. Yeah, uh, really a lot of things. But for some reason for me, growing a business has always been easy. I, I, I just... I think I love case studies. I love applying what I learn. And so I'm not great at a lot of other things, but this is the one thing I really know how to do. And what my passion is to make it easier for you, to help you learn from mentors instead of mistakes. And so one of the things I like to do is I like to read all the time. I'm always reading case studies. I'm never done reading books. I'm always reading books. Right, now on my, right there on my desk, I'm, I, in the last week, I, the last... Like six weeks, I've finished like six books or something, and someone goes, well, what's your goal for the year? I don't have a goal. I don't do it. I just, I'm never done reading. I don't, I don't know. It's my thing. So I'm reading this book here because I went to the beach in uh, St. Pete Beach in Florida. So I brought three books with me. I brought Soaring by T.D. Jakes. Great book. Uh, Failing Up by Leslie Odom Jr. Jr. And Capital Gains by Chip Gaines. And this book by uh, uh, Chip Gaines is powerful because he talks about the real life a grind of running a business with his wife. Mm. And so here's what happens is these guys are flipping houses and they're doing okay. They're barely making it. They're 35 years old. They're 34 years old. The media, the 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 reality TV people, they call them this, these people because reality TV people are always looking for a new show. And they say, hey, we're looking to do a show about a couple that works together fixing up houses and uh, we'd like to do a show on you. And they're going, okay, okay. you know, They've never been on TV before. And the, 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 the producers show up, the camera people show up, and they, and they told him, guys, this is really not going well. Like, we've been here for two, three days. I don't think it's going to work. And so they're like, ah, frick, our one opportunity to be on a TV show, we're not doing it right. So it's not going well, and they've pretty much, the crews decide it's not going to work. The producer feels like it's wasted his time. It's oh, kind boy. of a negative atmosphere. Well, and so Joanna knows about this, but Chip doesn't know. And Chip is random and hilarious. Right. So he bought a houseboat previous to them filming. He didn't know when they were filming, but he bought a houseboat unseen. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> and it gets delivered to their house on the final day of taping. It just worked out randomly. So the camera crews there filming, and Joanna's like, Chip, what did you do? Because he's always buying things like get this. Get the cameras. Guys, get the cameras. Right. And they grab the cameras out, and he goes like, babe, I bought a, I bought a, a houseboat. And I she goes, us? <laughs> and she goes, um, how did you get the money? He's like, I sold our house. And she's like, wait a minute. You sold our house and bought a houseboat? He goes, yeah, it's going to be great. We're going to live on the water. And she goes, Chip, let me go see it. So he, she walks in it, and it's got fungus everywhere. Mm, of course. There hasn't been a roof on it for years. It's growing mold. Yeah, yeah. It's a good and he's boat. like, babe, we could do so much with it. And she's trying to fight back wanting to kill him. He says, it's and a the producer guy is like, no, yeah, and the fixer guy is like, the the actual uh, camera people are like, oh my gosh, this is gold. <laughs> so they're filming this this tension, and that's the pilot they turned into the first. Uh, uh, they they sent it to the networks, and they got a biter. And long story uh, long story short, the fixer upper has been the most popular reality TV show for the past four or five seasons, and uh, the show's been taken off, doing great. And they're from Waco, Texas. 
and they're loyal to Waco, and Waco's really struggled financially for a long time, and they wanted to bring Waco back to life. So they bought these abandoned silos right. in downtown Waco, and they've turned it into like a Disneyland of Chip and Joanna. So it's like Hobby Lobby meets Disneyland, and you can go see it, and they have thousands and thousands of tourists that visit every single week. And so on page 102 of his book, Capital Gains, he explains this. He says, a long time ago, Joe and I built a foundation of betting on ourselves, and we weren't about to stop just because the stakes got higher. Suddenly, with owning the silos, we were faced with putting our money where our mouth where our mouths were. This was our moment. So with a good dose of fear and trembling. Remember, they didn't have any success until they were 36 years old. Now here they are, age 40. So with a good dose of fear and trembling, once again, we bet on ourselves. In hindsight, of course, our decision was a good one. And we ended up looking pretty smart. The renovations took way longer and cost far more money than we'd budgeted and also caused far more stress than the show was able to capture on television. But Magnolia Market at the Silos was a massive hit from day one. What Joe saw in her mind that day as we peered through the chain link fence is the very thing people now come from all over to experience. We know that this could have turned out much differently. This whole thing could have been gone bust and been a gigantic financial mess. And yet I'm confident Joe and I would have found our way through it. We might have landed on our sorry broke butts and we may have had to take a moment to lick our wounds, but we would have helped each other back up and eventually gone on to chase another dream. That's just what we do. Gaineses never quit. We look at the long game and consider the final score, and even when the decks are stacked against us, we keep betting on us. Chup, talk to me about the importance of betting on yourself as a business owner and just not quitting until you get there. This is something I was fortunate enough to see uh, with my own eyes growing up as a kid. Uh, both of my parents, my mom, I was just talking to her the other day about this. She worked three jobs and with her dad uh, who had his own business while my parents were starting the concrete company 35 years ago. And that was their mindset. It didn't matter. He, the funny story is my dad started the business with his four best friends and within three months, oh, we're, we need to buy equipment. We owe some money. They're gone. He's on his own. So the whole deal was if it's winter time, we don't have any concrete to pour. We're out. He's out chopping wood. He takes his first piece of equipment with a front end loader. He's out clearing snow, knocking on doors, doing whatever he can do to cover the hard cost of the business month to month, even if you're not making income. And so I was real fortunate to, to grow up with a mentor, a father who would never quit. It didn't matter. It didn't matter what the thing was. They'll find the funding. They'll make payroll. They're not going to quit. And that's one of the biggest things that I see in successful business owners. So I want to ask you this here, Roy. You've you've run how long have you run RC Auto Specialists now? Opened it in uh, 2007. So this is going to be 11, 11 years. 11 years. So 11 years running that company. Um, you guys specialize in Ford automotive repair. Um, why haven't you quit? Nine out of ten business owners fail, and the majority of them report just quitting. They just say they get to a place of stress and they're going, I, I'm I can't handle it. I quit. Why have you not quit when so many other competitors have? Somehow it's just got put into me by my parents, different people come across my life that you never quit in the middle of a fight because something pushed you out. So I will wait till it's smooth and easy. And then if it still seems good to do something different, then I chose to nothing forced me out. So it's always been in me. If somebody's pushing, I'll dig in, not give in. And Ooh, nice. Yeah. Ooh. That, that right there should be on a t-shirt right there. What, what, can you repeat that there? Is that possible to repeat that, Jeff? Could you? Yeah, he said he, if, if somebody's pushing back or he'll, he'll dig in before he give in. 
Oh man, that's that's good, that's, good, good stuff. stuff. That's, that's, that's so nice. Now, one one of the things that you're looking to do right now is at RC Auto Specialists and at the garage. I mean, business is great, and it's hard to keep up with all the business. There's so many people calling you guys. You're looking to hire somebody right now. Who are you looking to hire? What what position? What kind of position are you looking to hire right now? Absolutely. Uh, we just always need experienced technicians. Uh, at RC, uh, we have to increase capacity. We've got more cars than we can get out, and so there's yeah. a long waiting line. So we're looking for an experienced technician that fits our culture. We have a very friendly, good culture with my guys, and uh, you need to fit that culture. Also be a good mechanic. If that's you, give us a call, 918-872-8115, and we will interview you and see if you work and if you're out there driving around a ford automobile and it's having some problems and you want to get it repaired today go to rcautospecialist.com that's rcautospecialist.com what was that rcautospecialist.com stay tuned time to face the rise and grind we started from the bottom now we're here we started from the bottom and we'll show you how you're getting me started from the bottom now we're here Started from the bottom, oh yeah. There's no complaining, no excuses. You're the stoppage, all the breakthrough. It's a choice, and it's all up to you. Your average is an enemy, they will cut you out of dollars, dreams, and other things. You're without a doubt. Hey! Now it's time to make the climb. Yes, and yes. Now, that's the demo version, not the final version, but Colton Dixon, the son-in-law of uh, Mr. Roy oh here gosh. with The Garage. He is a Christian pop singer. He's had songs in the Christian Top 40 charts. So hot right now. And, so and I'm just right telling now. you, he's working on the started from starting from the bottom yeah. uh, Thrive Time Show intro, and I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about the started from the started from the bottom Shout out, man. remix there. Uh, Isn't that good? I mean, that's a demo version. Homie is talented. That's, uh, that's a fact. He's a grinder. He's a grinder. He's, yeah, a, he's, he's scrappy. He gets stuff done quickly. You know, speaking <laughs> of scrappy, on this book, uh, The Capital Gains by Chip Gaines, he's talking about how you just simply cannot be successful unless you're scrappy. And that's where I'd like to end today's show. As we, oh, as we yes. get down to the, the scrappiness needed to be successful on page 113 of Capital Gains by Chip Gaines, the best-selling book, Capital Gains by Chip Gaines, from the hit show, The Fixer Upper. And he writes here, you picking up what I'm putting down? The knee-jerk reaction to the word scrappy is usually something along the lines of do whatever it takes to get a leg up, no matter who you may hurt along the way. Forget all that. That's not the way I understand the word at all. I take the word to mean to have grit, to never get up, to be willing to take a guess even if you don't have all of the information. We use the word scrappy so often at Magnolia, and whether you perceive it in a humorous or endearing way, it's a rallying call for all of us. To us, it looks a whole lot different than elbowing and roughhousing. I found this definition on UrbanDictionary.com, and I like it. Someone or something that appears dwarfed by a challenge, but more than compensates for seeming inadequacies through will, persistence, and heart. So, you think about Colton Dixon. I don't know him super well. I'm getting to know him over time. But the guy is scrappy. The guy's a grinder. 
I mean, you, you, and, I, and I'm not rebuking your compliment, Chip. I'm just saying he's talented. Right, but right. But wh- where does talent start? Talent starts as a seed given to you by God, and it's the mastery that only comes as a result of persistent effort. Right, and you know he's a grinder. How old is he? 27? 26? 26. Yeah, if you're that good at something by that age, you've obviously— Because he's a grinder. That's what I he mean. He practices all the time. All the time. And to be able to send over a demo version— Oh, I was talking to him about I want to make an intro for the Thrive Time show that allow him to get his voice heard by the hundreds of thousands of listeners yeah. out there, in addition to the people who will buy his records. Uh, Colton Dixon, by the way, is his name. It's great stuff. You can find it on Spotify. You can yep. find him on YouTube. But but I, I said, hey, let's do a song started from the bottom. Here's some concepts. And he sends it back, and it's just, uh, bam, that overnight. So I just want to encourage everybody out there. You've got to be a grinder. You can't just think that your idea is so awesome that the market's going to... Hello. Hi. I'm actually the market. Oh, yes. I was going to call you because I wanted to see if I could pay you. Absolutely, you could pay me. I've just been sitting around today with my talent just waiting for the phone to ring. I don't, I don't really know your name, but do you take credit card or check? Because I'm here. I'm the market. I just want to pay you. I'll just give you cash. Never mind. Yes, I just woke up. It's 2 p.m. right now, but I just coast through life with my talent. Yes. No, people always talk about that, though. They put a bias on, oh, just what well, must be nice. People say it all the time. Must be nice. Roy, it must be nice to be self-employed. Roy, God, it's just, it'd be nice to be self-employed. It Wouldn't it be nice? Roy, talk to me about the grind. And the scrappiness needed to grow your companies. Sure, everybody's got a story that that I know that's successful. And that story was uh, a lot of times I'll say I don't know what I'm what to do, but I know what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to quit, and that's pulled me through a lot of stuff. But um, there's always a, a I was set up planning a sewing at, at the front, which is not fun. It's just sweat. It's just work, and eventually you start getting some wins you start getting some momentum but there's always a just a bunch of work at the oh, first of it yes uh, always and so if you're not willing to do that then stay at your job stay at your job you know i'm, I'm going to give the listeners out there some examples of some people that have gone through some serious grinding chuck is that okay chuck are you okay if i do that are you are you okay with that well, there's hoagies in this world clay and there's grinders in this world so why don't you tell us about a few of the grinders you know let's let's and i chuck right there some of the things you say <laughs> When I produce the podcast later, that's when I really experience the humor You're of welcome. what you say. You're and, welcome. And t- I laugh all the way home. It's a seed, I, Clay. It's a seed. And yeah, and it, it's, for the people listening live, they're like, why doesn't he laugh? It's because I can't multitask. It's good. It's good that he can't. <laughs> so here we go. Abraham Lincoln. Despite not having earned the respect of his peers by obtaining a college degree, he went on to become a lawyer and a president of the United States who, wore, who lost so many elections. It's crazy. A.P. Giannini. Without a degree started the Bank of America. Did you know that? Andrew Carnegie started the steel industry despite not having a degree. Really? Benjamin Franklin, the bifocals, lightning rod, Franklin stove, negotiated with the French to help us win the war. Founding father, no degree. We're just being negative. Bill Gates, he invented software that we use today. The software we use, Windows, no Degree. Yeah, but I bet he was Microsoft certified. No. <laughs> the first. Think about this. Colonel Sanders. This guy dropped out of elementary school, and all he knew was about all he knew, knew about was chicken. Sure, he made millions, but it took him a lifetime before he was respected. Dave Thomas. Dave Thomas, Wendy's. Wendy's. No degree. David Oreck, the vacuum guy. Oh, yet again. That sucks. Uh, think about this. <laughs> 
Debbie Fields. Debbie Fields. Debbie Fields. This lady, she never knew the pride of having a degree, but yet she went on to build those sensational, make those sensational Debbie Fields cookies. You know, maybe maybe Franklin, maybe Frank Lloyd Wright. You know, the, the interesting architect who has all these homes all over the world. He built mm, no degree. Henry Ford, no degree. Henry Ford failed five times. Walt Disney failed two times. You know, it took ESPN over ten years to make a profit. ESPN over ten years. You know, it took FedEx over 10 years to make a profit. You know, it took Amazon nine years to make a profit. Do you know that it took nine years for, think about that, nine years, 10 years, what are we talking about? We're talking about ESPN. We're talking about FedEx. We're talking about big companies, Tesla, 10 years. I mean, just, gosh, it just seems like it should be easier, but it's not. Every time I read a success story, there's always that adversity they had to go through first. Always. So what I'm encouraging you to do right now today is if you want business coaching, you want to grow a successful company, reach out to us, schedule a one-on-one consultation, we'll help you. But Roy, do we not meet every week? Do we meet every week? Absolutely. We meet for an hour of strategy, but there's a ton of work for you to do and a ton of work for us to do every week. Absolutely. The accountability has helped me so much because, you know, I'm busy. Uh, right. I just didn't have time. We don't have time. But, but I don't want to come and look like the goof in the meeting. So I move the needle. It's like having a workout buddy, right? You don't want to leave them stranded there by for, themselves. For, any, for anybody out there who says, I, um, okay, okay, I am thinking about the business coaching program. Could you share with anybody out there listening why you feel like the business coaching program for Thrive is a good fit for anybody who has an actual company? and who's willing to be diligent. Yeah, it's been huge for me. Most business startups are technicians, whether it be a mechanic or a cookie baker or whatever. And uh, it's very arrogant. I, I thought about this. It was very arrogant for me to think that I'd be good at something, number one, I've never done. Number two, I've never been trained to do. And I didn't even read a book. That is running a business. So the systems and the processes is what I was missing, and this is what Thrive has given me. And so I can see the needle moving and taking the stress off of me because of the processes keep things from falling through the cracks. So it's been a huge win for me. And the coaching, uh, man, I was stuck. I was stuck, didn't know what to do, tried everything I knew to do. And now I've got a roadmap out and all I have to do is execute the map that they handed me. I love hearing that. It's a huge thing. Can I ask you this? The conference itself, the workshop, a lot of people haven't been to It's funny, but people who are not from Tulsa, like people who are from Guam, from Florida, from Canada, from from uh, uh, Las Long Vegas, I- Long Island. from Long, Long Island, a lot of people Austin. from New York, people from all over the world attend the conferences, but it's usually the least number of people are from Tulsa. Can you, can you share with the folks listening on the radio why everyone should come to the workshop at least one time? Yeah, you know, there's so much from that workshop. And you can get ideas that you didn't have before that, again, give you a path out. And and I'm sure there's many people that were where I was at. I was in micromanager, crazy disaster mode, and I needed some help. Uh, and, and there's a skill set that I didn't have, and I didn't have time to go to college and get or, or, or Right. And so they helped me so much and i can see my me moving at 20 30 40 percent in two years just because i've got somebody helping me showing me the way you know thrive nation we are excited to help you but we can't help you if we don't get a chance to know you so go to thrivetimeshow.com to learn more about the podcasts the one-on-one business coaching the conferences and the thousands of videos we have archived for you my name is clay clark i'm the least intelligent person you're going to hear from today trust me the rest of your day until now <laughs> we'll, we'll get better and if you want to get free tickets to the conference uh, just subscribe on itunes and leave us an objective review as always three two one boom